You're listening to the 23rd episode of the Scrubbing Unhappy podcast, where we remind you how to put one foot in front of the other in the moments when life serves you lemons. Say yes to happiness and take on even the most difficult days and still feel good while drinking your lemonade. I am Zuzana Mukumai and I'm a coach, mentor, journalist, wife, mom, and former pessimist turned into believing that every challenge or setback can be a gift. I'm a woman who wants to be happy. And I am dedicated to helping you feel happy too, even when life is like a roller coaster. In this episode, I am talking to Dr. Florencia, the modern woman relationship coach. Dr. Florencia is a licensed psychologist and relationship coach who specializes in helping women break free from unfulfilling dating and relationship patterns. In her spare time, she enjoys globetrotting, luxury, reality TV, and embracing a life of ease. Hello, Dr. Florencia. I'm so excited to have you and welcome to the Scrubbing Unhappy podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Yes, me too, because relationships is topic very dear to me because when I started out as coach and mentor, I was focusing on intercultural relationships. So I am very, very excited to talk about relationships today with an expert. And Florencia, you are from the UK, but or uh, your descent is from Ghana. And right now in October, you are moving to Car- Caribbean, to Dominican Republic. So it's a wonderful mix of having feet in different countries. And professionally, you are a licensed psychologist and a relationship coach who empowers women to create the relationship they desire. So can you share a bit more about your story? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I could go into how I started, you know, the relationship coaching, essentially. Um, so I, you know, I'm like you said, I'm a trained psychologist. And through my training, I noticed a pattern of the type of clients that I was seeing. And as therapists, we've got a saying that goes like something on the lines of you get the clients you need not necessarily the clients you want. So as I as I went into my training over the years, I noticed that I was the majority of my clients that I was seeing were women, usually women of uh, minoritized or marginalized backgrounds who were experiencing um, like either depression or anxiety that had PTSD or whatever the case may be. But as I started to uncover what was behind the difficulties that always returned back to attachment trauma or some type of relationship trauma and that kept on reoccurring over the years so by the towards the end of my training I thought do you know what considering that this is has become my niche let's say (laughs) you know let's just branch out and you know and make a larger impact rather than just focusing on the local populations that I work with. So, so yeah, that is how uh, the relationship coaching, you know, came about in addition to uh, my private therapy business. And, and yeah, in addition to that, I've also got my own, you know, story. Like I've had quite a difficult upbringing um, being second generation migrant. Um, and I had a very tumultuous relationship with my mother who I believe profession, like in my professional opinion, has a narcissistic personality disorder. Um, but obviously as a child, you you don't realize that. You just think, well, why does my mom 
hate me this much. Like, but surely, you know, my existence, you know, is not that bad. And so you don't, you don't really, you can't really grasp or understand what's going on. Right. So, but that experience of going through, you know, the relationship that I have with my mom and not having much support around me, that informed how I viewed relationships and how I understood what relationships were. So as an adult or a young adult as well, as I was navigating life, I found myself in reoccurring patterns of very toxic, very damaging relationships. And I just didn't understand why. And I honestly thought that there was something maybe inherently defective about me or just inherently something about me that was attracting these type of men but then obviously through therapy through doing the work which took years might I add you know back towards the end of that I then understood okay well that what essentially is happening is that for one I was seeking my mother strangely enough in these partners for one two I because of my experiences you know of of what a relationship kind of you know looked like growing up I didn't have appropriate boundaries I you know and I did not prioritize my needs at all so I was just accepting whatever was coming my way and and that was that so I was completely disempowered in those dynamics because I just allowed whatever to happen to me because that was that felt normal to me that felt the most familiar to me so yeah. once I had an understanding that is when things just turned around on its head and I started living my life in a completely different way and I just started shedding I would like to call it um, and it was yeah it was trans transformational so you know if if anything uh you know with, with that I would like to say that I would want that same experience that sense of feeling empowered feeling like you do have control feeling like you do have a voice yeah you know in your world that is what I want to give women and that's why I do what I do yeah no like there is so many things I would like to like react <laughs> uh what you just said and mm -hmm. like what I want to maybe uh highlight is like that that the fact that you are coming also from your experience that really resonates with me and hopefully it also resonates uh, with our listeners because I feel like relationships are so hard that we should be having subject on the relationship at school and um, I also in my coaching and why I started like um, working with women in intercultural relationship because I was fucking up my own relationship like like it's like why nobody taught me that and yeah. like with my husband now like that's when I start learning because he was completely different than my ex-husband uh, where I was the like more dominant one he did like basically like what I wanted and I just did things the way I was doing everything without like much more consciousness if like if it's hurting him how it's affecting him and my husband he was like no you can't be doing this bullshit like and that's when I start kind of changing and probably your story is like tougher than mine like I, I didn't have that complicated uh childhood but I believe that 
all of us in some way we have something crazy like growing up um and and why i love that you are doing what you are doing now is that i believe that women they don't have to go through the same mistake as other people did absolutely yeah and if we can help them like to avoid mistakes me or you have done like i think that's already a win yes yes absolutely and and that is key because again coming from a therapy background like we are trained in in a way that you know basically says you shouldn't reveal too much about what's going on for you or you know your personal story or you know you keep, need to keep therapeutic boundaries and you know it might you know disrupt the therapeutic relationship if you reveal too much about yourself but at the end of the day there you know even with with therapy with coaching whatever it is there is a two-way relationship here right yeah. and the beauty about being able to do this kind of work with coaching I mean is that you can be a proactive participant in that relationship and you can share your own experience you know yeah. um and, and yeah and if I can uplift or inspire or empower another person even if it's just one other person through just sharing my story and you know and just sharing sharing my testimony really that 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 in and of itself is incredibly rewarding so yeah. so yeah so that's yeah. i will keep sharing my story so yeah. yeah i think it's like super powerful like for the women out there who feel incredibly alone like suddenly hear that other women have gone through something similar like just not being alone it's like very mm. powerful and let me go a bit back to your specialty like you said you are helping women like to break free from unfulfilling dating and relationship patterns and often and it i think it shows both of our personal journeys as well it takes years it takes really long time before we even realize that something is not working for us and it's actually unfulfilling even if we feel that our relationship is kind of okay it's good but it takes so long to realize it so what do you have to say about this how we can bring more consciousness into our relationships yeah, you're absolutely right. It can take, you know, quite a long time for you to realize that something is wrong or that your needs are not being met. But what I advise my clients to start off with is to treat themselves as as though, um, how, how would I put it? Essentially, I would encourage them to treat themselves as though they are literally in a relationship with themselves. So what are kind of like the expectations that you have for someone else? in the way that they treat you, I want them to like literally action that in their day to day. So thinking about the way that you speak to yourself, you know, do you have a very strong inner critic? If so, what do you do about that? Do you challenge that? You know, are you having compa more compassionate dialogue with yourself? You know, like because again, if you put it into perspective, if you, if you, I don't know, have like a little cousin or a nephew and you hear them speak ill of themselves that you would step in and say hang on you you, you shouldn't be speaking to uh, about yourself like that why why would you do that and you know and you would affirm them you you know say say kind things and so I want you to do the same for yourself and you know and and treat yourself to nice experiences you know and 
and make that make looking after yourself a priority so that when you receive it it doesn't feel foreign or it doesn't like it, it's not you know you won't let that then cloud your judgment essentially so that is the first thing that I would say the second thing is developing a stronger relationship with your body so you need to develop a stronger relationship between mind and body because more often than not and especially women who have gone through some levels of trauma in one way shape or form they have disconnected from their body because they have been in survival mode for a very long time so you need to like reconnect that part of yourself because your body knows when you're being triggered your body knows when something is off and that will be the first your, your body will give you the first to say oh you need to pay attention to what's going on here but more often than not we kind of like ignore it or we think oh we're probably looking into it a bit too much or oh you know it like it's fine or whatever and then we just keep on keep on going but you need to start listening to your body more because they will it, it will signal to you that something is off. You may not necessarily in the beginning say just know exactly what is going on, but even just taking a pause and noticing what's going on for you, that gives you time to evaluate the situation and consider what is going on for you. So those are the two main things I would say. Yeah. yeah. That's a good and start to group. And I'm actually eighth. Like how every time I record podcasts, uh, every time I have conversation with something and the topics we talk about, it's kind of related to something like which came up very recently. So just today I was reading a book um, and like it was talking about like how counter uh, intuitive is it for most of us? Like when we are told, like, put yourself first because we mm -hmm. are taught the opposite. Mm, yeah so yes no absolutely yeah you have to you have to prioritize yourself first because no one else is going to do that for you and it, it sounds really harsh but like you, you have to attend to yourself first I mean it, you know I use the analogy of um you know the oxygen mask right mm -hmm. you, like you're instructed to you know to put your own mask on first before you attend to someone else like you have to do that because otherwise you find yourself in a situation where your 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 needs are just unmet and you know you will if you'll feel left reject you know you, you'll um, feel um you know rejected or abandoned or whatever the case may be and it doesn't have to get to that point if you know exactly what you want and prioritize that. Yeah. And actually what you were also talking about, like how we should be compassionate ourselves. And if our inner critic is very strong, which in most cases it is very strong and it's brutal. Like mm -hmm. I use the same kind of exercise also in my coaching. And it's just if... Uh, the ladies or men who are listening like just sometimes like you know if you were to transcribe what your head is telling you and see it on the paper like you would never say it to anybody else unless you are a very rude person yes. uh, but it's it can be really brutal and I think it's super important like to start challenging uh, her or him the inner critic and mm -hmm. knowing that you have the option of actually like not listening to her yes 
Yes, absolutely. And I would even add to that as well, is I would question myself, where is that thought even coming from? Because you're you're soaking that up, right? Like you soak the, those thought patterns up in your environment or, or, or whatever the case may be. And that needs investigation, you know? So like you can, like you said, you can challenge the thoughts the that you have, or you can just park, you know, those thoughts because thoughts are just thoughts at the yeah. end of the day yeah mm. and maybe the next question it's kind of related to what we are talking uh, about but it's actually like as i said before like it can take ages before we realize something doesn't work for us mm. um and right now also i have like a couple of clients who are like I don't know what like what I want in my life. So how do we actually know what we want from a relationship? How do we actually know what we need from the relationship? Because as you said, like we kind of uh, work on autopilot based on what we learned in the childhood, the patterns we have seen, and we don't analyze it. So how do we find out what we want, what we need? Yeah, that is a brilliant question. And I've got a really good exercise that I do with, with my clients. I'll, I would love to share it with you now. What I what I tend to ask is, or when a when client says, well, you know, I don't really know what, what I want in relationship and, and et cetera, and I don't really know. Um, I would first ask them, well, provide me or think of an example of a relationship that you have at the moment that could be, a friend it could be a family member could be parent could be a colleague whatever it is but I want you to think about that relationship and and what 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 made it so significant about that relationship like what is it that they do for you like what makes that relationship safe and I'm, I encourage them to write it down or I'll write down at least five things that they do or say that makes that relationship safe. And I go through the list with them. So for instance, if the first thing that they've noted is that they're caring, I say, okay, well, so what does caring look like? Oh, that looks like, you know, them, um, you know, checking in with me every day to make sure that I'm fine. Okay, so then we, you know, we go through a bit more, you know, a few more examples, or if they say, okay, well, uh, they are um, a, a provider. So, okay, well, so what does that look like? Though they make sure that, you know, when I was younger, they make sure that, uh, you know, I always had food and, you know, I always had clothes or I always had this and always had that. I never had to worry about anything or if I needed, needed something, you know, I could ask them and, you know, there would never be any pushback. So, so that if you actually go through the list and you kind of branch out into these examples, then you've got, you know, you've got a map which shows you exactly what what it means to you to, to be in a safe and fulfilling relationship. Mm-hmm. That may not necessarily be a romantic relationship that you're, you know, you're providing an example for, but a romantic relationship can be slotted in <laughs> into that, in, into that map. So so yes, yeah, so, so that is usually the exercise I do with my yeah, no, I love it. I, I love it. And uh, yeah, I feel like I want to steal it. <laughs> you feel free to do so. <laughs> no, it's so like a different perspective than we usually think about it because like we kind of 
put the romantic relationship on like different spot than all the other relationship. And I think there are many women who say, no, I'm terrible at relationships when they mean the relationship with men, but then usually they have amazing relationship with other people, or it can be even animal, I would say, like, because we all, yeah. Um, Absolutely. So, so yeah, I love the exercise and thank you for sharing with us. You're most welcome. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. If you didn't even say it, give me feedback. Yes, yes, <laughs> I will. So I will. Go with it. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm curious, like we talk about like unfulfilling patterns in the relationship. Can you yeah. mention some you um, deal uh, with your clients, some of those patterns that are rarely talked about? rarely talked about I mean I don't know if it's rarely talked about but what what I come across quite quite often is that the women that I that I work with they um are high achieving well in my opinion they're high they're high achieving so you know they've they've got you know good careers or they're highly educated or you know they've got their house their cars whatever but for for whatever reason when they meet a man and they're you know they're dating um a man they they feel somewhat inadequate and it's not even necessarily on a conscious level it's on an unconscious level but that inadequacy then translates into um you know needing like needing a lot all of attention from the, from the man and kind of like almost losing their identity in that phase of of dating and you know go doing quite like, quite a lot like being quite full on and then men kind of uh what what's the word kind of de- detaching and you know and disengaging so so that and then it's the one day and obviously with them disengaging that then confirms their you know in their head that oh, okay yeah I'm I'm inadequate yeah. so that's kind of a vicious kind of like cycle that keeps on going so that is that is that is really interesting and so when I have those conversations I I, I get them to do like an inventory of what they're the most proud of in their lives and what they've accomplished and you know beyond just the you know the 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 fancy degrees and everything else but everything else outside of that that they have accomplished and more often than not because we're women (laughs) we tend to do a lot that is that goes unrecognized in this world right they list so many things that they have survive that they have achieved that they have done for their communities for their families you know and you know and then I I encourage them to yeah pin it on pin it on the board somewhere because clearly you need to keep reminding yourself of how much you have to offer the world let alone a man you know um so so that and then also on top of that what I what I then suggest is if you go into a new relationship giving your full energy and 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 all of your attention into that relationship you're pretty much setting yourself up for failure you have to see that new relationship as an experience it's something that you are 
experiencing in the moment and allowing yourself to be present in the moment. And as you're being present in the moment, look at, you know, what's going on for you in your day-to-day. Like, what does your day-to-day look like? Because also, more often than not, although some of the cleanliness may come from a sense of, you know, not wanting to be rejected, etc., but could also be loneliness. Because a lot of the time when, you know, women who are working quite a lot and, you know, they've got a lot going on, they're, they tend to be on their own in the evenings, right? Or on their own, or they may not necessarily have a, a community of like-minded women that they are connected with or that they've formed close relationship with, relationships with. So then they're, and they end up being on their own. And that sense of loneliness or maybe even boredom can also fuel the need to be needy and uh, to you know grab onto onto this person that has come into your life that is giving you a little bit of of excitement so you need to look at it in both angles so so yeah that is basically my perspective on that yeah and actually uh what it kind of i think it's a good segue to the next question which is about actually like once we realize we have this pattern which doesn't serve us actually uh what are the next steps because like usually it's easy to propose like just break up with him or just uh, become more confident but it never works right so what is your advice here like what would be the next steps since the moment when you become aware that this is not working for you yes uh you're absolutely right it's not easy um but I think the first thing would be to congratulate yourself because clearly if you are at a point where you've realized that something is off, trust me, you could be worse off. You could be in a situation where you think it's okay and you just you just go along with it for the sake of going along with it, right? So the fact that you've recognized that, okay, no, this is not working for me, that is the most important step. Now, secondly... I would say give yourself grace because coming to that realization can induce a sense of shame, sense of guilt, you know, anger, all of these things will, will come up for you. And you need to be able to sit with that emotion, no matter how difficult it is. And yeah, and give yourself time to, to feel that. Now, thirdly, I wouldn't even necessarily suggest you know well I mean yes the ideally break off and call it a day but usually doesn't happen like that like it's you know it goes in phases right but as you go through that phase of trying to detach yourself from that situation try to build on you know your support system get connected with you know with your loved ones um you know if you do have something that you are passionate about you know invest that energy and that frustration and that emotion into what it is that you're passionate about um and i i personally believe that community and and i you know i preach that with you know to my clients as well community is such a big part for us as women so building that community so that you feel supported and you don't feel alone is incredibly important um and yeah, just just give yourself time. Yeah. Don't don't watch it. Yeah. 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 Especially the, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. 
<laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, and you know, but it's better out than in because some of us are also very um, um, self-reliant, right? So we tend to, we need to just go through this by ourselves, but, you know, it's better out than in. Talk to someone, write it down, journal if you, you know, if you yeah. need to, or audio record yourself if you need to, but it, it needs to come out. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I was about to repeat myself for the millions of time because I keep repeating myself and I will repeat again. Like, you don't have to do this alone, right? Like, you don't get extra points for doing it alone. So, like, that's why the support of a community, uh, friends, family, or a coach, therapist, it's so important because why to do it alone? Like, you don't have to. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And if you need a top of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, feel free to do that as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 I guess as far as it's not happening every day. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, like also like the way you were talking about like that the moment you become aware of it, when you should congratulate yourself, like that is a huge step. So usually it's underestimated, but I think so many people actually don't realize ever that they are in something which is maybe not that healthy. And thinking of like synchronicity again, I read another book different than the one I talked about earlier. Um, it's a historical novel. It was based on like real story of the like slave of the Washingtons. And it was the story, a story of the lady who was slave at Washingtons. And there was like a modern line of a lady who found her journal. And mm -hmm. actually she was like in this relationship, which seemed perfect, like with, with a man who was having a great job, great family. And like, as the story goes, she suddenly started realizing it's actually not working for her. And then she outright realized she's actually in abusive relationship because he kind of made her to seclude herself from her community, from her family. She suddenly didn't have time for her best friend, uh, for her parents. And like, when she realized it, like, she was like, oh my God, how did I get here? But mm -hmm. her the power actually to move out of the relationship and to start changing things. So I just wanted mm -hmm. to share this story because I, I feel like even if it was a historical novel, I think many women can relate to this. Yes, it's very much relevant today, but definitely. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, you see it every day, don't you? And, and the beauty about relationships, like we are ever evolving humans right like as women again because uh, i always speak from a from a female lens like we have evolved so rapidly over the last 50 years or so and you know so there is so much to learn and so much to unlearn you know and and that keeps things also you know for well for me anyway as a professional exciting because there's always always something something new to learn and there's always room to you know to support people in their own journeys into strengthening their relationships regardless of where they're at whether they're single whether they're married whether they're going through a divorce you know so it's it's always will be a relevant you know topic or subject matter to yeah. discuss 100% agree and I know we are ch chatting longer than we've plan but I mean screw that this is called <laughs> a podcast so I actually yeah. like um I guess four more questions <laughs> because I think it's really interesting and uh, I don't want to end it now. So uh, 
you also talk about like societal norms and uh, how we actually separate what what we want as an individual, as a human being from the culture norms, what is expected from us? Like, how do we separate this? Mm. Do you know what? I? That is a really, really interesting question. And that's it's something that I always grapple with still myself. Um, and yeah, I see it with my clients every day. I would always go back to what is it that you value in life? Because, especially in this day and age, there is this movement around, you know, uh, certain women wanting to be, um, it was called hypergamous, or some women um, having certain standards, you know, for the men that they meet in terms of like material standards, I mean, um, and and then all of that is all is all nice and well, and I and I definitely believe in you know social mobility and etc., but at the core of it all, what is the most important and what will keep the relationship sustainable is if your values are aligned. You know, if you've got, I mean, yeah, I, I won't curse on your on your podcast, but like if you've got, you know, a jerk as, you know, as a partner, but you are staying with him because he is providing for you and you're, and you're financially comfortable, you kind of have to question question that, or you know, if that is if if you're fine with that, then if that's working for you, then that's absolutely it's absolutely fine. But when it does it starts not to work for you, you have to question that. You have to think, okay, well, where is it that I've gone wrong here, and what is it that needs that needs changing? And perhaps you then have to basically come to the realization that okay, well, maybe the financial part of things isn't maybe necessarily on my priority list or maybe it is in my priority list but it's maybe not number one and maybe number five and number four you know and there's some room for negotiation you know exploration etc um so so yeah that is something that I find really really interesting um but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day I'm a strong believer in do what works for you but if it doesn't work for you then you need to you owe it to yourself yeah to, you know to, to you have to do something about it and analyze yeah. it yeah and just to add on that like as you said like maybe it's priority number five not priority one uh number one and you have uh, room to wiggle and that's right. just what i actually that's what, what i was also talking about with my client earlier on today <laughs> is that there are always so many more options than we uh initially think it's not like a and b or black and white there is like ton of other options and sometimes you just need somebody to help you see them but just know that the options are there Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, for for example, as as someone of Ghanaian descent, I am I am not necessarily a traditional woman in from a like for, from a cultural like Ghanaian cultural like perspective. In fact, I think they would probably they would probably think that I've lost my mind. Like if I were to go to Ghana and like you know seek a husband there, they will all think they will all look at me like you're not white material like what what are you doing (laughs) but you know but that is that is it's contextual right like how they perceive and what what is normal for a woman to do for what how women should behave or what what the woman's role is 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 based on that context so 
I am not going to go out of my way to seek a man that is based in Ghana. However, what might work for me is someone who is of Ghanaian descent, but who is born and raised in Europe or or you know in the global north, because we've got that we've got a sense of understanding of what some of the Western perhaps cultural norms or 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 views have influenced our you know our ways of being yeah so so it, it is really contextual dependent so and, yeah yeah and it's also I think uh, really dependent on within country let's say like in Ghana or Zambia like you it's uh, you always have people who see this completely differently like um, right. I always say my husband is not like the typical one when it comes to the like cultural uh, norms and stuff exactly yes and, and just a funny story because like I mean we lived in the second uh, biggest city in Zambia but it, Zambia is kind of small so it feels like everybody knows everybody and so um, yes. people know like that my husband is married to me so he has mm -hmm. lots of guys coming to him like he, thinking he's a dating agency like no please can you find me a white woman and he always jokes that he tells them like it's not what uh, that uh, you don't want to have a white woman because like you would have to like stop doing ton of things like you would suffer <laughs> so oh on the light note uh, <laughs> and, yeah that, that was hilarious <laughs> yeah so Florence and this podcast what I I really want like the listeners to get inspired and to jump to action and because um what I love about having conversations with people and meeting the people is that you can get inspired so I have a couple of quick questions uh, which I ask uh, my every guest uh, so okay. other women and men who are listening um can inspire and maybe try new things so the first one is like what lifts you up when you're down laughter I mean if out like yeah I always find if I am down or I'm having a bad day I always try to seek some kind of humor somewhere whether it's like comedy or whether it's maybe watching some of my favorites I don't know uh like youtubers who were oh, so happen to be naturally funny and I would just watch that for hours on then you know and ju just just laughter completely you know shifts my mood regardless mm -hmm. of of you know how down I might feel and there's something that's called um laughing therapy like that exists yeah. in India I think yeah so laughter is powerful so, yeah, yeah. No, that made me think about the YouTube video with pandas because it's incredible like how much they can be falling all the time is yeah. there one thing you would want the people who are listening to the to this podcast uh one thing you would want them to do right after they uh finish listening to the show one thing I want them to do is to list down their values. And you'd be surprised how many people don't necessarily think about that in their day to day. So by just listing down, let's say five things that they value, whether it's family, whether it's, uh, you know, friendship, whether it's alone time, whether it's, um, I don't know, luxury, whatever it is, I want you to note that down and I want you to think about how much of those values are reflected in your current day-to-day, -day, in yeah. your week. Yeah, because, and this yeah, is really the power to do that. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, yes, you'd be surprised how how little we we can spend time on things that we truly value, yeah. right? Because in this rat race, especially if you live in you know in larger cities, you you're just so focused on on just work and you know and other just day to day kind of like activities, but you don't really spend time on like what is it that makes me feel fulfilled in life and like what completes me right so so yeah so that's a good exercise to do yeah no I love it and ultimately uh, we all want to feel happy uh in the end and like if we don't do things which make us happy even if it's like let's say stupid things like I don't know watching flowers uh that's my favorite uh then like our life is kind of not that fulfilling as it can be so yeah. it's a really good exercise and i i join the recommendation that guys if you are listening don't jump to another thing and take few minutes take the paper and list uh, down your values and check if they are present in your life and actually i i, I need to ask this last question i didn't plan it but i feel like um <laughs> I wouldn't forgive myself if I didn't ask. So you mentioned that you love reality TV. So what we yeah. can learn about relationship from reality TV? Yes, that is is interesting. I feel like being in a container as you know as most reality TV, you know, um participants are, that intensifies a lot of their experiences so maybe uh, for us as viewers we would look and think how can you say that you love this person you've only known them for like 24 hours but because it is such a pressurized are you talking about 90 day fiance not, well, yes, 90 Day Fiance. I'm talking about um, what, what? What's the other one? The one behind the wall. What's that one again? Uh, uh is it Love at First Sight. Yes, yeah, yeah. Marriage at First Sight. Oh, I don't know. Is I don't know the one yeah, behind the wall. Netflix. Oh, I forgot the name now. But anyway, but yeah, and then you know they be they haven't even seen each other, and they're speaking to each other through a wall, right? And then you know if the next episode you hear them say oh I love you so much I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you and I want kiss with you and I want this and actually you think like what in the heck is going on here but it is such an intensified environment so you know they they literally skip <laughs> skip phases right they're being being fast-tracked and it's fascinating to see and it's also what what also makes it fascinating is that there are no necessarily like external um variables that mm. is being added to the equation, right? So, you know, so you can just see this love just blossom in its most natural form. But the moment they step out of that container, you, you literally see it just, you know, being being being, yeah. being torn by the you know by the by the external factor so yeah it is incredibly and I, interesting. I think this is the same for the 90 day fiance like somebody know each other online then they go to the other country they have to get married in 90 days and yeah. I kind of wish because this doesn't happen only on the reality tv when I started in 
uh, like with women in intercultural relationship, I came across a lot of stories like this, that somebody goes for a holiday, they completely fall in love and then it's a disaster. I mean, of course, there are cases when it can work out very well, but then there are the cases when uh, it's a disaster. And then I kind of wish that if people are watching these reality shows, at least we could learn that like, okay, like it can be super exciting. It can be romantic, but like mm. it doesn't have to work out and like kind of bring in the real life in there. I love, I don't watch 90 Day Fiance, like the show itself. I watch um, the, I don't know if you know Dr. Honda from Psychology in Seattle. No, I don't. He does, uh, plays, yeah, uh, he plays the, the show and on YouTube he comments like he's a psychologist. So he provides uh, commentary and I love him. I mean, if he would ever listen to my podcast, Dr. Honda, uh, you are amazing. Uh, yes. So that's how... It kind of, I think somebody shared it in the comments, like that's a way you can watch trash TV, but having like this kind of educational moments. And he's really, really good. And it's super interesting because he provides, I mean, it's not that easy to hear psychologists talk. So I think it's super valuable also like to watch this. So that's how I even know 90 Day Fiance. Um, so yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. You know, you need to you need to give, you know, his his YouTube handle. I would love to watch it. Yeah. yeah so it it's called like Psychology him. in Seattle. I can also put it in the show notes for Oh, is that him? Oh yeah, yeah. I've come yeah. across him before. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He always does reviews on the 90 Day Fiance, the Love at First Sight and everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. got it now got it now yes <laughs> okay uh, so thank you for this chat it was quite longer than we estimated uh but it was super interesting and it was fun um so when can we find you and what you have to offer yeah so you can find me at dr florencia underscore on most social media platforms but i'm the most active on instagram and youtube um and what i've got to offer well i've got two things before i go into the actual offer i want your audience to have a quick win so if they are wondering sometimes like oh my partner is you know or my new partner anyway my new partner is showing behaviors i'm not quite sure about don't really know how to feel about that or if you're dating someone and they are displaying behavior that you don't really don't really know what to do about that or you don't really like i want you to go to the power of pause dot info for slash workbook and download my partner compatibility assessment so that will go through you know a value assessment that will go through what the appropriate next steps are and i will literally guide you guide you through it and if the results is that hmm you might just want to kick him to the curb <laughs> that you've got my permission to do that and you know or if it says well you know well actually it's worth you know it's worth working through it's worth nurturing and, and working through then you've got my permission to do that yeah, as well but that would be a great great uh quick win for you mm, it, and it sounds amazing and i am actually tempted to take it myself for my husband to test <laughs> <laughs> let me know how it goes i'm really really intrigued yeah. but that is the quick win. Now, in terms of my program, I've got a six-month group coaching program for women who want to change their unfulfilling dating relationship experience patterns um, and work psychologically and trauma-informed 
to yeah get the tools that you need get the mindset that you need to have healthier relationships and the next cohort is due to start at the end of summer so you know make sure that you get in touch so you know so that I can link you in to the program and yeah and book a call book a call with me I would love to you know have a chat about it as well so yeah that's it yeah thank you it was my pleasure and all the links uh, will be in the show notes so it sounds really amazing and once again thank you for having a conversation with me it was my pleasure thank you so much for having me once again it was lovely (laughs) honestly i am blown away by today's episode and i think there are so many gold nuggets in there Please soak this in, stop, get a journal and go through the exercises Dr. Florencia shared because they are amazing. And I too truly believe they can help you in discovering a ton of things about yourself and your relationship and perhaps do the necessary changes or tweaks so you get the relationship you truly desire. Thank you once more for listening in today and let's say together, screw being unhappy. Let's say that every single day, especially when life is hard, because happiness is our choice. So let's screw being unhappy and say yes to happiness. Let's go and let's do it. Until next time, with love, Susanna.